Good morning, Freedom Family. Welcome to Jim versus the Man. Adam is, uh, anybody that's been paying attention knows that Adam is getting a COVID test right now. Him and his wife uh, are getting a COVID test because you have to have a COVID test within 72 hours to fly to Hawaii. So that's where he's going for his honeymoon. So that's why you're looking at Jim's ugly mug instead of Adam Kokesh this morning. He may be joining us. He's either going to call in uh, a little bit later or he's going to take over the show again when he gets back. It depends on how long they take to to do all that business for him. Uh, fingers crossed he comes back negative so he doesn't have any problems with his, uh, with his honeymoon because that would be horrible. And uh, I can't wait to see pictures from that because I love that. It's fun. So, uh, Craig's busting in with us. Good morning, Craig. Top of the morning, Freedom Fam. Um, so, we got a bunch of links today, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't even really looked at them. I've been so busy myself. I was at work this morning before the show. I had to hurry up, come home from work to do the show, and I got another, I got to go back to work after the show. So, I haven't even had a chance to look at the links. So, we're basically just going to start at the top, while the links that Adam was going to talk about, and we're going to go down and give our opinions on each. Uh, of course, that's going to happen after we do our promos and let you know how you can support the show. Uh, firstly, to go to uh, adamversustheman.com. I know it says the freedomline.com on the bottom because we're in Jim versus the man mode, but it's adamversustheman.com. And when you get there, you can click on the Patreon link, and that's going to show you our different packages. One, five, ten, or fifty dollars a month is how you can support the show. $10 a month is really the sweet spot. That's going to get you access into the Producers Club, which is our uh, Telegram group chat that has me and CJ and Adam and Mercedes and Marcus and every, everybody in the team and everybody that's a regular watcher. Uh, so that's where we get our links from for the show. You can add links if you want to see your topic put on the show. You can uh, put your put your topics in the in the producers club and that's how they end up on the show. And, uh, and there's another side chat also that you get as a bonus called the bullshitters anonymous group. And that's where we just talk a bunch of shit and put up our memes and stuff like that. So it doesn't interfere with the, with the newscastings in the producers club. So, uh, after you're done visiting that, you can go back to adamversaman.com and check out the store that CJ has put together. Uh, always remember producers club members and uh, better patrons, Get 15% off and free shipping. There's a Jim Freedom shirt for you right there. Comment Jim Freedom t-shirt. Uh, he's got all kinds of shirts there. He's even got Freedom panties and Freedom boxers, so you can definitely uh, get that going. Um, after that, you can go to Cigar Federation and check out their selection of cigars that they have. And while you're there, use the promo code ADAM10, all caps, A-D-A-M-1-0. That's going to get you 10% off of anything that you order from that site. If you're into the cigars, this is a very absolutely great website for you. Um, so check those cigars out and get your habits in. Lastly, makethemdebate.com. That's where you can go to get Adam in a... Put a, you can put up your ideas. You don't just go there to see who he's debating, but you can go there to suggest somebody that he should debate, somebody you think it'd be a cool idea for him to debate with. You can post that on that page and create 
uh, a fantasy debate, basically. And then if other people are would like to see that debate as well, they pitch in money towards it, and you make it happen. So that's definitely cool. He's already ran one. He debated some somebody else. That's a Joe Rogan campaign. That people are trying to get Kokesh to debate with Joe Rogan. Personally, I don't think that's even going to happen because uh, – you know, it's always hard to contact somebody that sold out for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's, it's just the way that is. They kind of they kind of feel comfortable enough with their hundred million that they don't give a shit about doing shows like Adam Kokesh. But uh, fingers crossed, we'll see what happens with that. This is our Instagram page. Uh, you can check out everything that's going on with Adam at the Garden of Freedom up there in northern Arizona. Beautiful property. I love that place. Uh, I go there as much as I can to help them, help them continue building because that's what it is. It's just 11 acres, and we just continue to, to keep building new product, new projects and uh, keep improving the place so that it's more and more self-sustaining. Uh, it's really cool. It's really cool to participate in. It's really cool for a learning experience. You go there to help out, and you end up learning a bunch of new stuff about off-grid homestead living, stuff like that. So it's, it's a, a unique, excellent opportunity that I think everybody should try at least once. Uh, let's check in with some comments one more time. Matt Baxley, glad you didn't freeze to death, Craig. <laughs> oh, dude, they must have had some. Uh, they must have had some severe weather. What up, CJ? Morning, Jim. I'm not gonna let you fly the ship alone today, so I figured I'd just check in and, and say hello. There are some interesting links today. Uh, Adam, like you said, is uh, uh, definitely not. Uh, well, I, I mean, I can kind of. I mean, I can kind of tell you that uh, what he's doing right now, you know, to go to Hawaii for a honeymoon, you know, for your wife to, you know, have that time, you got to you gotta really sacrifice, you know, to go get something shoved up your nostril and, I mean, to go out into public. Like, I mean, what if the test is... Like the conspiracy kiddos say, give you COVID, like, and now the fearless freedom leader, you know, gets COVID because of the test. Like, you know, it really. Well, even, I was even wondering, you know, have as we've covered, some of the tests have a false positive. You know what I mean? What if he right. comes with a false positive? I mean, that, right. that's why I'm like, tested, you can't. Now you can't go to Hawaii, and if it's a false positive, you got ruined for nothing. It's Right. Scary. Yeah, and then so on top of that, Jim, he's got the false positives, but he's going to a place where, like, you know, to me it's always been weird. Like when Walmart and the box stores are all like, let's shut down all the entrances except for one and make us all funnel into this one location. It's kind of like, but if we just opened all the doors and, and allowed people to freely go in both sides, you know, like, and they're like, well, we do that for, uh, you know, how many people are in the building for the fire code count. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're taking everybody's air particles, going into a box store, into the one section where all the carts are, and then everybody's in that. And it's like, well, that's why you're supposed to wear a mask. Like, please get out of here with your, with your stupidity on this. But, again, it's, yeah. you know, like another, I said, another note. Another note with those, as far as you're talking about corporate policies that are completely counterproductive in a health emergency, you know, if this was actually no, a health emergency, pandemic. that made it worse, right? If this was an actual 
health emergency on a global scale where it was a 50% death rate or whatnot, then that would have actually made it worse. That decision yeah, to close one entrance and have everybody funnel in would literally have been worse for that. And another thing is the hours that they did. All the stores cut their hours back and started closing really early. That literally is opposite of beneficial because now people that normally would have shopped later or through the middle of the night, even when Walmart used to be 24 hours, those people are now forced to rush in before the closing time with everybody else that's rushing in before closing time. So now you have, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. If you, if you right. want to spread out the amount of people and thin out the crowd, you would extend your hours so that you could spread out the crowd. So you know right. what I mean? But let no, the they night, condensed them. Let the night so that, people shop in the night and let the day people shop in the day. Like, But now you put them together. Okay, yeah. that's... Uh, <laughs> Okay, that makes plenty of sense. Yeah, and and I think Craig's got it right, too. You know, don't forget, you're going to be groped by the TSA on your honeymoon. So, you know, yeah, if you want a little, you know, little foreplay. Yeah, you know, a little 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 foreplay from the government. On a, on a, on a, any, I mean, who doesn't want to get groped by a TSA agent? Like, come on. <laughs> There's probably yeah, somebody out there in their brain who's like, wait a minute, I can get groped by people at the airport? And now they want that. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, but, I mean, you can get groped for less money at a strip club or something. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, at least get paid for it, right? Right. 2020 has been one bad trip on LSD. Yeah. Wow. It's been been interesting. Yep. So, Jim, how have you been, man? It's been a roller coaster. We've missed you on the show, man. How you been? I I've been. It's crazy, you know. It's like the last month with work has been just so dead. It's ridiculous, and my savings has just been going drop, 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 and then all of a sudden, and we took a break for the show. All, all three days we were off last week for the show. Not a single job. Swear to God, I was like, I'm, I'm standing there going, God, I need something to do. I need something to do. You know, I'm freaking out. Supposed to take a break, Jim. That's the idea of a break. Like, I mean, three out. days off is more than a break, man. Come on, I need, you know, three days off is is exactly a break. Like that is literally the definition of a break. We're gonna take a few days, a few, three, more than two, uh, and 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 kind of recuperate. I mean, we kind of like think about 2021. When, like, you know, okay, so you know when I was in the Marine Corps, they used to release in December the vacation days or calendar days for the holidays uh, in advance. So you'd know, like, okay, we're going to have a four-day window here, a three-day window there, 72 and 96, whatever. Um, and uh, you'd plan those things out in advance. Like, we, we're we about to hit 2021, and this show, Monday <coughs> through Friday, and it's like, it's gonna, I mean... It's it's different. Plus, we got a post production. Uh, you know, Alden's coming on. Uh, and it's not not this next week, but the week where we start producing uh, with Adam from Hawaii. If he makes it there, all COVID aside, um, you know, he'll be taking over there. So, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, it, it's like, like I was saying pre chat. You know, if we did this show for twenty years, two days. Two hours every day, Monday through Friday, with only two weeks off, we'd do five thousand episodes in twenty years, and that's uh, that's a lot of content. And uh, so, when this show, you know, if we are lucky enough to make it to twenty five hundred episodes, I mean, 
these little episodes like this with COVID. I mean, can we do 2,500 episodes? That's 10 years of just COVID. I mean, we can. We, can. It's just going to end up being on different platforms throughout as, like, is it gets worse and they totally demonetize us. Well, I mean, we're still – okay, so, like, for those that don't know, like, Jim and I run this show on YouTube through our channels – but we're not monetized. We don't have a quarter million subscribers. Right. And I don't get any notifications. Like, because my channel is not monetized, and I'm assuming yours isn't either, it's like they almost don't care a little bit more about right. what we say right. or do because we're essentially we're saying it for free on their platform. You know, we're not getting paid for it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering, like, I thought about – because I don't have any strikes or anything on my YouTube because, like you said, they don't really care about me. I thought about taking the video that got Adam a strike and uploading it onto my YouTube to see if they give me a strike for the same exact video. And if they don't, you could even, you could, that's a story. You know what I mean? You could put right. that out. That they don't even, they don't even act. They only censor people with a significant audience. Right, and you know what's even crazy, though, is, like, and this is something you got to think of, is is it doesn't take much to do what they do. They just find the feeds they want to attack, and they just put it in their codes, their algorithms, their their programs. They have uh, admin access to uh, their accounts, and they can throttle you. They can shadow ban you. This is, I mean, if you're living in 2020 and you don't think social media is controlling the narrative to their benefit, their their profit with their uh, ad teams, you're you're the idiot in 2020. You're right? an ostrich. You're a jo- yeah. You're well, ostrich. You're you're a insert whatever's going to offend you enough to make you realize that you're right. the product and. Uh, you know, it's it's really sad that we, we sit here, you know, for an entire year and we put out the content that we have over 150 plus episodes now, uh, and and we've just been railroaded out the gate. Not many people have done what we've done, you know. I mean, there's not many two-hour daily episodic, you know, talk long format libertarian news channels out there. And so it, it kind of blows my mind. You'd think, now, not to toot our own horns, but, I mean, we're kind of at the cutting edge of how we want to produce the news in the future compared to the mainstream. You know, we want to we want to take, uh, like, a news like the story, the first story that we're going to do today with uh, the, the wrong button. We're going to do the stimulus, stimulus checks. checks. Yeah, and we're going to start with the stimulus checks today. I mean... I haven't got mine yet. Kendall got hers this morning. Like, it said some stimulus checks can hit bank accounts tomorrow, and boom, she got one I didn't, you know. Like, lucky her, but. I didn't get mine. <laughs> but, but again, if I would have got it, Jim, like the last stimulus, I would have made it a point to have spent it in a day. Like, I would have gotten, it would have been gone in a day. I, I, Are you I, going I, with any of your ideas that you've been posting on Facebook? Like, uh. The six hundred dollar guillotine or the tar and feathers. You know, you know, I'm like, tar and feathers. Don't put me on the spot, Jim. I am a founding member of the Guillotine Caucus. The so six hundred dollars. It's like, well, maybe if we just took a hundred dollars from all six members of the founding members team, we could buy one guillotine to, you know, 
rule them all. But you know the 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 thing is is uh the thing is is that you know like I I've, I've said it like this Jim as much as I can be like you know what the, you know what the answer to uh, COVID nineteen is a guillotine uh, if we just started guillotining people and you know like they're violating the nap so we give them the guillotine uh, as a result uh, of their violation of the nap um, you know. I, I think the problem is, Jim, and just do you tell me where I'm wrong. It's your show today. Uh, it, too many people in the American public want to pretend like their team is the good team and the other team is the bad team, and everything the other team does is unjustifiably wrong. Everything they do wrong is justifiably right, and 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 they don't want to see their favorite you know, political leader, as we call it, you know, with the air dreaded air quote fingers, uh, you know, they don't want to see their favorite leader get their head chopped off for the crimes they commit against everybody, they, let alone the fact that they'd even take the time to admit to themselves that we are a slave class of people pretending to be free, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, well as far so as the guillotine... Uh, okay, I was gonna say as far as the guillotine goes, I, I'm gonna I'll have to disagree with you there. I think that uh, it, it let's let's just play with the idea and pretend it happened. If if you were to take the act, the very act of guillotining the people that you're saying are responsible for all the, and even though you're right, they are responsible for all kinds of bad shit and death and and all kinds of shit. The act of you taking their lives to try to justify that is going to change you and cause you, you know what I'm saying? It, it give it possibly make you the same as them, basically. You know well, what I'm saying? France, that, that's how, France, that's how the violent revolution In France, the guillotine was a spectator sport. Angry mobs would, would find the political leaders that were screwing them over, the, the government, and and you know right right is, right and those people ended up with another set of rulers and oligarchs after they yeah they guillotined people that were bad but did that fix anything are they free today no they're not you know what no, I'm saying that's no, what I'm no, saying no, 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 they're, they're dead today they're they're, they're 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 dead today because you know time time's a weird thing like that Jim right but they weren't but they didn't live in a free world because of but that guillotine afterwards. Right, it's kind of like the American Revolution. We wanted to pretend like it was a moment where we were free and, you know, like we had this country that we had rights, and then it was like, but wait a minute, you start looking at it like, wait, blacks are only, you know, three-fifths a person, women can't vote, uh, there's a centralized government, military, militarized police state, like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that, that happened after the Constitution when we were free for the first time. And it's, you know, to really, to be honest, the only people that are that get upset about hearing what we're saying, Jim, even if we're, uh, like, for example, if I'm like, we should guillotine them all, and it's, it's rhetoric. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, it's more like you want, you want, I think there's a natural inherent want for our elected leaders to fear or at least respect what we're doing, and if they don't respect what we want, our wishes are in this, you know, how does Adam call it, the the illegitimate document as a result of a coup against the Articles of Confederation, um, that document, 
there, there's a there's a lot that that people believed it was and still believe it to be today, which it's actually not. And the only people, the only people that get upset about hearing that are statists themselves, the ones that want to believe the lie, the ones that want to eat the steak and stay in the matrix, the ones that would would hurt you to keep their lie going. And and I think that's the greater good and all that. For the for yeah, for the greater good, of course. So but it is Adam's show, and and I do see him backstage. So I mean, do you want to bring him on? Well, it's your show today. Oh, we got a we got a call in. He's physically driving right now, so we're not going to bring him on just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not. I safe. can see him mobile. He's not. We can, we can show him. Actually, he can talk. Adam, you hear us? Well, that's true. It is an can audio first. Can you hear us? Hello, I don't know. Mike check. No, I don't know if he's got audio. One, two, one, two. Can you hear us, Adam? No? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, what's hey, happening? There we go. Hey, I'm just, I'm, hey I, I hope you enjoyed the pile of headlines we prepared for you all this morning. And uh, I, I'm just done with my COVID test with, uh, with my wife, and I'm on my way back to the studio, and I'll be able to join you. For, I'll just be listening and let you do the uh, – the rest of this first pile of headlines, and I don't know if you noticed, we got a last-minute surprise guest today with Dia Beltran joining us from Australia to promote her new documentary about racism, an interesting subject as it came up between her and myself when, uh, when we, we've done interviews with each other. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll let you do the news, and enjoy the, I'll be, I'll be uh, just watching the show from the road for the next 20 minutes. There you go. Oh, sweet. So you're going to come back on and do the interview then with uh, with Miss Beltran? Yes. Yes, sweet. yes. I will be in time for that. Outstanding. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. All right. We'll, we'll drive safe. Hey, Adam, real quick, your thoughts on guillotines? <laughs> I, I don't like killing people. That's my answer, too. Thank you. Fair enough. Fair enough answer for that. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Took control there. Yeah. That's uh. That's basically my answer. I don't. If you if you have to resort to killing people to get your way, then you you okay. you, you fail. Okay, Jim. Okay. Okay, Jim. Uh, uh, let's let's really break this down. Okay. When is killing somebody okay? When is it justified? When is it the morally right decision to make? Um. For me personally, never. Okay, so if, I, if a murderer know, is walking up to me and he's going to kill me, then he's going to kill me. Okay, I'll, I'll, physically fight, I'll physically try to fight, but I'm not going to kill the guy. You know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm beating him up and defending myself, and he just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming, and he ends up killing me, then I guess it's my time, you know. But I'm not going to physically kill another person. I don't want that on my conscience. Period. Listen, uh, so so as somebody who would love to kill absolutely last, right? Like, uh, I, I still believe that the right to protect your life up to it, including taking somebody's, is, is justified when when you're discussing uh, it's you or them. Right. So, so in my opinion, a you or them scenario, especially with a your defense, you're in that you are the defense, not the aggressor, and it's in self-defense, uh, violence is justified, even righteous, and sometimes to protect your life, other people's life, liberties, 
in pursuits of happiness. That's literally the definition of I swear. I mean, the, and that, the illegitimate document known as the Constitution. That last part always got me, the pursuit of happiness, because that's, like, so generally vague. I mean, like, I know, but that's you know, I'm, me going to the store is my pursuit of happiness, because I want that, you know, Dr. Pepper <laughs> or whatever. all due respect to you, as this being Jim versus the man and Adam with his platform, uh, I take the, the, the approach that if you're willing to kill somebody in offense, you should be... Uh, a willing to die at somebody's defense. Like, if I'm going to use violence against you, it's a stupid thing for me to think that you have no right to defend yourself and use violence against me to protect your life. Now, to your pursuit of happiness statement, that's my favorite thing of the illegitimate document known as the Constitution, a coup against the Articles of Confederation. Because if I say... Well, uh, I my pursuit of happiness is X Y Z. I define it like this. Uh, it, that gives me protections. That gives me that defense to say I will defend up to including taking your life if you if you come into my kingdom to disrupt my uh, you know life, my 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 property. My like I can't just go onto our gardenia and start murdering everybody. I just can't. Like, I can't. Like, if you guys had herds of cattle and I just start killing everything, if I, you had people and I just started massacring things, at some point, somebody's going to have to do something. I mean, you're not just going to let me murder everybody. Not that I, again, for those that are like, holy shit, CJ's got a manifesto. No, I don't. I have nothing against Gardenia. And this is a, a, a off-the-wall analogy. But, again, in my opinion, if you came onto my land and you're starting to murder my cattle, you're starting to, you know, you know, uh, beat, abuse, and, and, and my family, uh, yeah, I'm going to grab a gun, and if I can shoot you, you're dead. Like, no questions asked. I mean, I, wouldn't, I, get, I, mean, I get that. I get that. But I'm, I'm saying, under all circumstances, I would look for the opportunity to disable the person without killing them. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't immediately think, oh, well, it's justified. This guy's killing people, so let me just do the quick answer and kill him. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I, I agree gun, that I a dead mouth leg, doesn't him in the arm, shit like that. Yeah, you know, a dead I mean, mouth I, I can't doesn't say Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm just saying you can you – can, in almost – obviously there's circumstances where it's just like, you know – there, there. It's either you or the other person. You're in a physical fight, and you're both at a point where one of you's about to die, and you know you're going to kill them or they're going to kill you, and that's what's going to happen. There are obviously circumstances, but in the vast majority of in the vast majority of cases, there's a way to do it without death. There's a way to Think do about it. Without somebody's attacking me. I'll break so many bones in their body and send them to the hospital without dying. You okay. know what I'm saying? You don't have to kill a person. Okay, okay. That's all I'm if, saying. If, you can give them the okay, opportunity okay, to change. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Rip, rip some reality into them. You asked for it. You asked for it, John. You asked for it, Jim. Uh, I'm bringing up uh, a man that I, I think that everybody knows loves his dog, and that's 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 John Wick. So you're John telling Wick. you're telling me Falcor? If somebody if somebody hurt Falcor. You're just going to let them just, if the mob came to send a message to you and Adam and me in this show, and as a result, they murdered your dog. 
You're just going to be really like, sad. you're just going to be like, all right, well, looks like I got to go to the pound today. Looks like I got to find a new Falcor. No, no, I absolutely would not replace Falcor. I'd be very sad. I'd be, I'd be very upset. But what the hell am I going to do? Go kill a bunch of people? Is that going to get me Falcor back? Is that going to make me whole? No. What, what are we even it's, talking about? You're talking about revenge at this point. You're, no, not revenge. Avenge. Ah, come on. Avenge. Tomato, tomato. What are you even talking about? What do you this mean? This is not justified. John Wick is not justified. I'm sorry. I love the movie. It's a great movie. Look what? But he he's not. Yeah, no. He like, just lost at least the it's 16 to 31 demographic right now, Jim. Thanks, Boomer. Jim, Jim declares <laughs> John funny. Wick is not justified. Breaking <laughs> news. Absolutely he's justified. They violated the non-aggression principle against John Wick. He just wanted to be an assassin in retirement and have his dog, and that was it. Nothing more, nothing less. Just let him. He have just his wanted to be an assassin. Did you hear? Did you hear the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> he just wanted to be an assassin. Retired and assassin. Kill people for retired. a living. No, retired. And, and you're like, no, but but because of the do. situation with his dog. He's cool all across the board. No, 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 no. Literal murderer for hire. (laughs) His his prior line of work just so happened to be assassin. Now, when you retire and you get the watch and, you know, like you're just in the countryside with your dog and your big mansions with all your, you know, murdering people for hire. Real quick. So John Wick, in the previous time when he was an assassin, had somebody came and avenged one of the people that he killed, one of their family members, last guy he killed, if his brother comes and kills him, his brother was justified for seeking Wick out and killing him for seeking Absolutely. Free, it's yeah. the free market. If the free market dictates that there's a person that needs a murderer and there's a murderer <laughs> for hire, like this is a free market economy. Like this is this is the AMCAP's dream. Like oh, I can just pay people to I can just pay people to do this. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. This is not legal advice. Joe Exotic is sitting in a jail cell for uh, a, a alleged <laughs> plot of for hire for murder for hire. But it's a very real thing, though. I mean, there's people all the time you see it. Murder for hire plot busted by the. Uh, government. I mean, well, that I think has more to do with the fact that they can access all your information at any time. So if you really were that dumb to plot somebody's murder on the internet, well, you kind of fucking deserve it. I mean, Adam will tell you all day long your shit's monitored. Don't act like anything is is uh, private, you know. Nah. So I yeah. mean. You're kind of dumb. And you're out here justifying assassins. (laughs) No, absolutely. Listen, I am somebody that says if the NAP has been violated against you, if like Jim, if you violated the NAP against me, then then I think think the thing that we're missing here. I think the thing that we're missing here, and I don't know, we might have to bring Adam on to find detail us on the details of this one. Yeah, right well, we wrong. But I, if somebody is actively violating the nap against you, then you are justified in your violent reaction or defense. But if somebody violates the nap on your sister, you are not justified in going and seeking out this person I guess days I'm later like, you know to, no, to kill no. them. 
nope, you know what? Nope, ab- nope, ab- I disagree. I disagree. In fact, like fathers, for example, there was a father that had his son, uh, who was, his son was murdered by somebody. That man then went and murdered his child's murderer. And, and I would not charge that man with a, with a, a crime at all. At all. I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, by, by definition, they'd say, well, murder for a murder. But I, I mean, honestly, if that, if that guy was murdered of your son's, if that guy was convicted of your son's murder by a jury, and, and I, it, man, if it was me. <laughs> oh, now you're bringing in the state? Well, the state said he'd done it. <laughs> no, 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 listen, listen, listen. If, okay, fine. Let's say the state didn't even. If my kid's dead and you're the one that I believe did it, you're going to be dead. If it's in, within my power, if I believe you okay. did it, right. you're dead. Like, I, I don't even need the state. In fact, we'll remove the gun. In fact, why would I even throw that wrench in there on myself? You know, why would I Why would I go, well, if the people that are rigging elections and violating our constitutional rights already say that, that this is the person that killed somebody, I, I guess I'll believe them. But, you know, absolutely, let's take the government out of it. If I believe you uh, warrant death uh, that, and you violated the map against me or, or my family, uh, that, yeah, no, I, I would I would use an offensive, I, well, I'd, I'd consider it still defense, but I would go on well, okay. the aggressive just, side of defense at that point. Just for the record, in my opinion, if everyone on the planet thought and felt and acted the way you're describing right now, we would have a very less population. So many people would be dead. It'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be horrible. It'd be ridiculous. Eye for an eye leaves all world blind and all that. Maybe, maybe, someday, right now. maybe someday I'll be bold enough to say that Georgia Guidestones were right. We should keep it under 10%. Oh, and, now you're just talking shit. <laughs> now we've gone into the satire realm. <laughs> this whole this whole episode has been satire so far. I was, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to accuse me of satire, Jim. Well, I'm starting to wonder. I mean, hello. Damn. Well, did, did John right. Wick kill Epstein? <laughs> Craig asks. No, that was Hillary Clinton. We all know that. We all know that. Like, that's old point? news, Craig. Love you, but that's old news. Let's see here. Who else is in the comments? Interesting combo. Yeah, thanks, Craig. I bet if he was a politician, CJ wouldn't feel the same way. I actually ran for governor of a whole state in 2018, if you can believe that, and for state senate and uh, in 2020, and I do still believe the same things, Miss Prepper. So, what yeah. if John Wick works for the Clintons? Oh, listen, listen, if you, you got, didn't think about that one. And you're sitting here justifying him. <laughs> okay, first off, John Wick is a fictional character, although it could be argued that Hillary Clinton is as well, and we're just chasing boogeymans. You know, like these, I don't know. CJ is going into eugenics. Yes, this was, again, a joke. It's a, it's a joke. Uh, it, you know, like, it's not to be confused for, nah, anyways, so... If someone came in and killed or kidnapped my kids, best believe <coughs> it's on like Donkey Kong. Thank you, Nick. And that's my yeah, point. Right there. If someone came in and yep. killed your kids or they're kidnapping them, then yes, it's on like Donkey Kong. Right then and there, you better defend the shit out of that. You better make it happen. If your kid is actively kidnapped, if they're being held somewhere, then yes, you better seek them out and go do what you got to do and no, take Jim. violence if necessary. Oh, get, okay, get back. Jim. Sure. Funny. 
you can story, still do it without killing the funny, person. But funny, funny story, Jim. My I haven't seen my daughter now in twenty four hundred days. I I say she's been kidnapped by fraud. You just said that uh, if uh, if uh, your child's been kidnapped, violence is justified. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. For six years, I've been uh, a libertarian saying there's a non-aggression answer to this problem. And and really, there's a lot of people outside of this party that tell me that violence is the answer to stop my problem. No violence will throw me in a cage because, as again, Adam in this show has made it clear, they know what to do with you when you're angry. They don't know what to do with you. when like If, if I was the predictable, I'm going to go out and seek violent justice. Like, if I wanted to get violence as a result of what I believe has happened to me and my family, uh, they know what to do with me. They know how to throw me in a cage. They know how to kill me in response to me even trying to do something like that. And then the government gets to write my narrative for the rest of my life because I don't have that defense anymore. So, uh, you know, a lot of this was satire, Jim. You know me. I like to stretch the fucking conversation. Pardon my French this morning on Jim versus the man. But I like to stretch the conversation. And, and really make you think, like, okay, well, you know, hey, maybe violence isn't the answer for you. Uh, violence isn't the answer in all situations. But sometimes, uh, like I said, I, I believe the state government's already violating the non-aggression principle through their laws. The government Absolutely. will use violence against us when they feel it because they are telling us they have the right to do so. So, in, in my opinion... Uh, we're, when somebody tells me, like, when I got arrested in North Carolina and assaulted by a sheriff's deputy, I believe in my heart I have the right to fight back. You're touching me without my consent. I don't care if you got a badge on. I have the right to fight you up to including taking your life in, if, if necessary, and, and your badge is an irrelevant portion of that. But because I have this respect for uh, my my life, my liberties, my pursuits of happiness, I can't do anything that's going to cause that other person to shoot me because then I won't have a life or liberty or pursuits of happiness. I'll be dead. So there's this line with the non-aggression principle, and I think a lot of libertarians struggle with it. Some go to this side of it and say, killing is never justified ever. There's always an alternative to killing. Then there's the other side that says, the non-aggression principle is like a warning to you that I just because I say I follow the non-aggression principle does not mean I, one, don't know how to use violence or won't use violence if it's in certain circumstances. So, And then that circum circumstance, circumstances, that's where I believe in as a whole in the Libertarian Party, we are all the jury when it comes to people who use offense uh, or defense violence, and we, we kind of play that role as like a, a referee sometimes even on, on social medias and groups. Uh, but, yeah, like there, everybody that knows me knows I'll be the first person to say I think Christy Noam, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, uh, let's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, might as well get on all the FBI lists today. I think every elected official uh, should be beheaded publicly. I, I personally believe this, that, that the answer to eliminating the federal government is that they all need to be publicly executed and the federal government abolished, and we never activate a federal government again. Uh, that, that's my personal opinion. I think that because they violated the NAP, uh, I would even say I'd give them their own, like, choose your own adventure, you want death by firing squad, gas chamber, injection, 
uh, coronavirus vaccine overdose. Uh, you want whatever your whatever their method of leaving this planet is going to be. If you're an elected official, let them choose. Give them that one shred of dignity. But all of them, in my opinion, have violated the non-aggression principle through the laws they pass and should be put to death. That's an opinion. Now, am I going to be the one that goes builds the fucking guillotine and 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 actually drags them out of there? It, it's never going to happen like that. I can fantasize about the government that wrongs us being you know, corrected, and, and but there's some people, like I said, on this side that'll say, kill them all, they've all violated the nap, and there's some on this that say, well, you know, I wouldn't even kill a chicken, so, I mean, really, in all honesty, that the party is so super divided, and me, it's in the middle, like, I'm only going to use it in self-defense, I, I view the non-aggression principle as more of a, um, uh, I, I guess the best way to put it, I view the non-aggression principle as in your line in the sand against anybody from using violence against you. That's just the way I put it. Uh, you know, like, I'm not going to cross that line willingly on my own. I'm not going to walk off and and use violence offensively. But that, like, like the guy with the twisted tea can, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm gonna pack a fucking punch if you violate my rights. If you if you if you go after my family, Jim, if it was you, if you came into my house at two in the morning, my dog barks. I've got a I've got a loaded gun. I'm gonna shoot you, and I'm gonna call Dave, and I'm gonna say, Dave, there's a dead man in my house. Please come get him out of my house. And I'm not I'm not gonna shoot you in the leg and ask you what your life problem is. If you value your life more than my property, then don't come into my property, and I'll value your life. That that's the way I believe. I mean, so. I don't know. Maybe we got a lot more conversations on the non-aggression principle to talk about. Maybe one day we can sit down and really break it down with Adam and, and see. And I, I see your points on it, Jim. Like, there's a reason why I'm not in an RV playing uh, evacuation messages in downtown areas and building bombs <laughs> in my RV. Like, thanks, FBI. I'll, I'll see you later. But, you know, it's like at the end of the day uh, – you know, we can we can all speculate as to why people conduct violence, but I think when it's the government, when it's your uh, politicians hiding behind their votes, uh, violence by any other name is still violence, whether you call it voting. Uh, you know, like so, it, to me, uh, their vote on like for example, Tom Cotton's passing a slavery bill. I bet you there's about maybe. One percent of the population that knows about this slavery bill right now, and it's got at least a seventy percent chance of passing. At least seventy percent out the gate, like it's gonna pass. So if you're a non-custodial parent, they're gonna implement on a federal level mandatory work programs, and in order for the state to collect any funding from your ass, you have to be enrolled in a mandatory government work program. So you tell me when the government's violated the NAP and justifies guillotines. Until then, we're, they're, they're just going to pass slavery into law through a bill and, a, and hide behind a vote. And you think that a vote doesn't equal violence, that a vote equals speech. No, your speech can equal a vote that equals violence, and, and the NAP has been violated. So, I mean, there's a reason why people are like, racism violates the NAP. Um, I mean, you hear them spouting it off all day long. You know, they're, they're up. Oh. Uh, not to trigger Mercedes or nothing. Anything. If we're gonna, if we're but gonna if, be. 
Nazis. We better use your grammar correctly. What? What's up, Mercedes? I just had to do. Hi. Um, as a founding member of the Guillotine Caucus, I do not share the same opinions as CJ. I oh. am more of the I don't. What? I don't want to kill chickens part. I'm on that part. Okay, but see, the thing is, Mercedes, is this is why it's nice to have founding members with differing opinions. So I can't just take a guillotine and go rolling across the country chopping off heads because. There's other members of said guillotine. Talk. Yeah, and and we're the. I ones think there's that a few actually... other things stopping you from doing that, other than the other members. But well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Concept <laughs> in principle, but if you trigger me enough, Jim, I will buy a guillotine, and I will, yeah, I will, I will. If you might build it, at least. if I will build it, they will come. Children, it will come. The French will just come over if we call them. By the way, history has proven that. The guillotine used to be a spectator sport where people would come in their Sunday best. They wanted to belittle and badger and berate the ones that were getting beheaded. They wanted to hoot and holler in the stadium. There were cottage industries, stands, merchandise. You're, like People were buying like all kinds of goods and services. Yeah, people have done all kinds of ridiculous shit in history. I mean, that doesn't mean that we should do it again. I mean, I agree with Jim on that one. And as a indigenous Hispanic woman who found out she's also French because there's a lot of white in that Mex in that Mexican. Uh, let's just not viva. Not I mean, we can viva viva without the beheading. But I'm just saying, let's make guillotining great again. You know, you know let's just viva without the guillotine. All right, all right. I mean, as as somebody who's Whose ancestors regularly sacrificed humans? How are you a and you're actively working against guillotining people? Because I'm literally I don't know the how only you, person in the caucus that is speaking reason. One, because I do actually like guillotine. Listen, yeah. CJ, if you can actually talk enough people in the country into that idea to where we could literally round up the entire federal government and guillotine them, then what's going to be born out of that violent act is something that's going to be as evil or more evil than what we're currently under. At least this slave master's whipping hands a little weaker than the one we'd create if we did. No, I'm, I'm just saying, saying there are I want to do it in a way me. that's going to give us lasting freedom and yeah, actually like, a like, better place than we're yeah. in. Okay. So my favorite I, Christmas yeah. movie is Inglorious Bastards. And if we learn anything from Inglorious Bastards, it's that you don't have to kill all of the Nazis. Sometimes you just have to scalp them real good so they can send a message. Guillotine's not the answer all the time, CJ. It, it, I'm going to get a shirt that says guillotine is always the answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, Happy New Year. I, I think your show just took a weird, interesting turn. I just jumped on to prevent CJ from going to federal prison today. Thank you. Thanks, Hi, Cora. And Cora backing up me. Me backing up. See, this is what it's like when you have reasonable <laughs> people who are here to say, hey, CJ, you're about to get on a watch list. You know? Like, yeah, I, the thing. We should be on a watch list. I I if I mean if I'm on a watch list and you think that I'm worth the taxpayers' dollars because you think that I'm a threat to society, I just want to know what Steve's favorite pie is so that I can at least feed them so that I'm not spending so much money. 
well, we didn't get to any news at all today. And I'm gonna I was just going to say, we're basically just going to keep this a rant show for the first half. This whole package of news can be shifted to tomorrow or whatever Adam wants. I mean, is there, wait, wait, is, there, is there anything in this? That he's gonna. I don't see our guests back yet. Um, no, but our fearless leader. The Trump pardons Blackwater. Everybody knows that. Ted. Oh, Curry. but that's a you. That's a human. Like the you. Yeah. The, the world said that that was like not good, and that Trump actually did a violation, like or act thing yeah. because he did it. So it was a trap. Yeah, he wants – no, stop with the whole Trump 40 chest. That guy doesn't even know what he's doing. No, no, no. It was a trap for Trump. No. That, it that, was a trap. You don't pardon war criminals. That, that's how the war global bad guys come and eat you. Like, that's how you get suicided. Ted's, Ted Cruz's Georgia runoff fundraising is actually going to his campaign, and he's not alone. That's from the balance. Well, yeah, Christy Nolan, Christy Nolan's campaigning for Trump basically on the idea that she's going to be president in 2024. Can't relate. My governor's family owns the Cubs. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he wants to go into Nashville for a little bit, talk about the Nashville stuff. <coughs> Ooh, hey, it's Adam. Adam, are you ready? It is Adam. Are you, do you want wait, to say hi? Is wait, it time? No, 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 you don't. Mercedes. What? I can see things, too. You gave me the power, as Jacob be proven yesterday. This, no, no. This is how we do this. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? Are you going to yeet me up this? Good morning, and welcome to a late edition of Adam versus the Man. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm not quite ready, CJ, but yes, back in studio here in uh, in, in our uh, mobile remote studio in Southern California. We got our COVID test done this morning. CJ, do you have that picture in the Producers Club? Uh, uh, just have the one here with the lady at the window and the truck. Yeah, yeah. Show people that. That's it. I mean, I, this was this is Walgreens this morning. And uh, we drove up and showed our IDs, and uh, then we uh, give me this. She gave us our test kits like through the window, and then uh, we we took we had to take them in front of her, but we basically did the the nasal swabs to ourselves, sitting there uh, in my truck in the uh, pharmacy drive-through at the Walgreens. And it was uh, it was it was relatively efficient. We were able to get in in time, get in on time, and uh, you know, sort of a, a reasonably uh, efficient process. You know, we got a little briefing there through the window, and uh, we we did our swabs to ourselves, and then uh, we were on our way. All right, how's that? There we go. No, not quite. Uh. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got to uh, adjust the whole table here, the stu- excuse me, the studio desk in our remote studios. All right, so I heard you guys, you guys didn't get into the news at all, and you were you were making fun of my headline selections, trying trying to to, to get get through them all today. Well, I'm bringing everybody oh. up for this one. Well, hi, yeah, my family's in the background too. No, no, this is my husband. <laughs> you can see why my child's redheaded. We we have genetics. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah, what, what's going on? I'm going to meet my So, yeah, no, we were having a conversation, Adam. Yeah, you were listening in. 
<laughs> That's my job, isn't it? Yeah. Make sure that the uh, th- things don't burn down while I'm gone. Adam, you are the Libertarian presidential <laughs> candidate. Your thoughts on when and if it is okay to uh, use violence? Yeah, no, I I heard most of that conversation between you and Jim, and I I do make a very important distinction from Jim's almost pacifism, uh, where whereas uh, he said you know to save his own life he wouldn't kill someone he would he would he wouldn't cross that line that he would rather die while exhausting every opportunity to save an assailant's life. And that's that's extremely noble. I appreciate that perspective and that sacrifice. And I, I am only, only ever so slightly different from that in that in the heat of the moment or if I was absolutely certain that the only way, the only, only, only way to save my life was to kill someone attacking me or to save I would I would not hesitate. I would kill someone. Absolutely. So I'm 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 barely different from from Jim in that sense. But I think Jim is, is a lot more uh, correct in his application of the non-aggression principle. I got to say, compared to CJ, a couple things. And, and I don't. If you guys want to get all, if you want to get all the way into it, you ask for it. But no, here I'll try. I'll see if I can jump to the bottom of the rabbit hole on this one. First of all, CJ, this is and this is a tough one as a libertarian to accept. You know, what is the non-aggression principle? Where does it apply? And then you say, well, you you're saying politicians have violated the non-aggression principle by passing laws which lead to violations of the non-aggression principle. I think that's a really, really important distinction. Voting is not an act of aggression. Passing a law is not an act of aggression. Giving a speech is not an act of aggression. There may be a fraud inherent with that, but is fraud really ever an immediate threat to to life and limb? It can be. It can be. But in the case of, of politicians, no. The problem is, I mean, you kill a politician, and uh, I mean, not only is it not effective, but the analysis of the effectiveness shows us that it's incorrect, and that if you kill politicians who are passing laws that violate the non-aggression principle that lead to death, and you could say hypothetically, yeah, that's they are committing a fraud that is resulting in death. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll give you that analysis. But if you if, if they are the product of a society backing them up that will support a class of enforcers who will enforce those laws by by directly physically in your face violating the non-aggression principle, uh, I think it's really important that we ascribe proper responsibility and recognize that if that politician dies, they're going to be replaced. It, 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 you know, like uh, Arun Borja used to make the point very well that if you were to get rid of this entire government today, this society would produce a pretty good replacement tomorrow. And I disagree with a lot of his points and strategic implications of that, but the basic observation is correct, that the, the statism we experience is the product of the paradigm, and we have to change that. You know, And, and so uh, part of that is in our consistent application of the non-aggression principle. And, and I think in, in a lot of ways, CJ, there, you misapply it. And, and I still admire, you know, that I you're... Was being facetious okay, on so, some of my so, more so, exaggerated so, points. So parody. It was parody, right? Okay. Uh, no, in some points, I had to stretch it because there, you have the pacifist uh, my, uh, leaning Jim 
versus a complete aggressive uh, approach versus me. I wanted to play the spectrum You're really. You're trying to make me look like I'm the centrist moderate. And then, I want, yeah. and then I want you to come in and tell us where right is right and wrong. Yeah, yeah. Adam, we are proving to be the normal ones today. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I think what's what's important in this is is when we say why, like. Think back, like this. This to me, this is like this is a fun conversation. I love, I love being able to like, you know, hack out these finer points of ethics. But you go, know, what is, what is the reason? Like, what is the motivation for all this? It, it's to make human life better. It, it's to live better. It, it's to create value, to preserve value, and and to live ethically, morally, in regards to your fellow human being, and with. That, I think, I, I, I go back to the example, like, with Jim going to minimize force, even in a situation where if you're, if you're, if you are creating, if you have made yourself, if, by what, by accident or on purpose, if you are a threat to someone else's life right now, you have given up your right to your life. You know, I get that, that you, you, but, but does that mean that that life should not be preserved, that that value should not be preserved, that we should do everything to minimize the use of force and destructive, you know, value destruction of that force. So I, this is what I like I say. You should hope you should want cops to have cargo nets and stun guns, you know, like that you should want the, 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 whatever social security force we have or public safety force to be extremely proficient and non-lethal means of subduing someone. And it's really only justified to kill someone when it, that's the only option when you don't have a way of preventing their aggression, you know, with, without saving the value of their life. And it's sort of, uh, you know, a minimal harm principle in your application of the non-aggression principle. You know, like if, if, if a toddler grabs a kitchen knife because it dropped on the floor and is running at you with a knife, are you going to shoot a toddler? Hell no! You're you're, you're going to gently pull the knife out of his hand and say no, bad, 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 bad boy. Don't don't do that. And this is where it's like you want this for yourself because what if someone drugs you? What if someone poisons you? Do you want the person responding to be like Jim or to be like CJ? Good point. Well, hey, we should carry on this conversation another time. We have a guest backstage, so let's yeah. go ahead and uh, get to our guest. All right. Well, I got. Oh, I got to refresh. But let's see. What does my screen look like now? All right. We got Dia. We got Dia. Now, now, you're, not, now you're frozen. Nope. Now you're good. Now I'm frozen again. Okay. When when uh, you're good on my screen, Adam. So give it a refresh again if you need to. But uh, you're good on my screen. Guest is ready. So when you're ready, I, I guess we'll just kind of wait for you here a little bit. There you go. <laughs> Get her up here. Let's do it. No, I keep freezing. I'll just keep going until you tell me in the producers' club that something is wrong. No, you're good. Just start talking. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. If Dia get is Dia on screen now, go ahead and get her up. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, join us today on Adam versus the Man's Mock Friends from Down Under Dia Beltran. So glad I was able to make it back in studio in time to interview her today after our little COVID adventure this morning. So thank you. For joining us last minute and for being flexible, Dia, how you doing today? I'm always flexible for you guys. Aww. Have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dia, this is we, we are bringing you on for a special purpose today. We want to give you a chance to promote this new documentary, and I'm 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 always inspired by people 
who are in the sort of same independent media game as I am, who have the, uh, you know, put their ADD and obsession with the news aside long enough to get in depth on a topic. Uh, but I have to say from, from our conversations so far, our, our, our public conversations, uh, the, the way that race has come up has been certainly a topic worth getting into. So give us, give us the basics. You know, what was the inspiration for this documentary? What's it called? How do people find it? Originally, the documentary was not a documentary. It was just an interview with one of the the, the five uh, people that I ended up interviewing. And um, a big so the way it started is actually not a very good way. In that um, it was me trying to be tactful because I've had unfortunate uh, dealings in the past with uh, people on the far right and. I'm just not there. I'm not on the far right. I don't understand um, their a lot of their uh, activities and, and the things that they do on a physical level. Like, I just don't understand what they do, what they're doing with their life. They're, they're not doing a whole lot. But um, in this case, this was an American. His name, he's known as Gypsy Crusader. He is um, of Gypsy heritage and, def- and has and has a very interesting story as to how he became um, a proud racist. And I was mm-hmm. interested. I was like, that's that's really that's really unusual circumstances. And so I interviewed him, and he was very gracious to have me on. And then eventually, I was like, I can't just interview him. Um, you know, this 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 will. This will um, link me too much with now the American far right. What can I do to? What can <laughs> I do to? To you know make this situation um, more of a controlled environment. And then I was like, oh, I know. I'll interview two black guys as well. And then uh, I interviewed another far right guy, and I ended up interviewing um, a Jewish fella who was very much into uh, promoting multiculturalism. And then it ended up being very balanced. And then I felt better about, about releasing mm. it. But despite the fact that my reasoning for it was a selfish one, it ended up being um, a really, a really, a really good uh, documentary. I'm getting so many really good comments about it. The, the, the one that I'm getting that, um, that was that one, it's too long. It's three hours. Mm. And the second that it's, uh, I use language that I wouldn't normally use in everyday English and that I should have simplified the language. But other than that, um, people say that it's, you know, that they're they're resonating with it. And um, I just wanted to promote it here. Uh, I was actually a little bit afraid to promote it here because I thought um, because you are of Jewish heritage that you would be (laughs) anti it. But I keep forgetting that you're you and that, like, nothing offends you. No, this is part of the fun that came up is that I'm uh, I'm half Jewish and half German, so genetically programmed to hate myself, but came out <laughs> the other side somehow. And no, I've I, I've always appreciated that. I, I was I was thinking like, wait, I know you interviewed me. You didn't put me in there as the Jew, did you? Because like I don't qualify I like, for a lot of reasons. No, but uh, yeah. I am. You know, I I do take my my own you know ethnic heritage as as something I value for that, and I I think that as we have this conversation today and and it, it it's one that it's it it sounds like it's easy to it, it's easy to overdo it it's easy for, for society to go like oh let's you know let's talk about race and it, but there's a, a point in, in human history right now where we live in a world more aware more connected with more interracial mixing you know at least uh, digitally if not also physically and logistically and romantically and genetically and and every way imaginable oh, we are more 
Um, I, you know, people want to say New York's not a melting pot. It's a mixed salad or it's a, it's a bunch of pots that just want to live with other pots that are the same color as themselves and they're all little neighbors. But no, there's more in today's world more than ever before. And it's, it's an issue that for human progress needs to be continually examined. So given this moment in history, what are you hoping the significance of this is going to be or people can get out of this documentary? Sure. So um, for those who uh, I forgot to name it, so the documentary is Perspective on Race Today. It is only found at this stage on BitChute because I knew that YouTube would not permit it. Perspective <laughs> on Yeah, Perspective on Race yep. Today. Um, and uh, what am I hoping people get out of it? Well, in the documentary, I, I came a- across certain things I didn't expect to, and those are that certain stereotypes um, are real. Like, I know that's a stupid thing to say. People go, oh, you don't, don't stereotype. <laughs> Stereotypes are true. Um, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you treat a person based on the collective. I'm still very much an individualist. And I think what I want people to get out of it is just that. Treat people on an individual level. Just because the, the Jewish fella that I happen to interview really does, um, you could really allocate him to the Jewish collective and be like, oh, well, you know, the, the Jewish people, they're allowed to have their ethno-state, but, but you know, the white people aren't allowed to have theirs because they, they constantly promote uh, a multiculturalism or, you know, Afri- African-Americans or people who happen to be black, sadly, do commit more crime. That's just true. But that doesn't mean that you treat people badly based on these on these um, uh, seeming seemingly accurate facts. You still treat people as individuals. You still treat people with love and respect because we are all different. We're not we're not our collectives, despite despite so many so oftentimes being um, able to easily allocate one to their collective. My mom's Colombian. She's a cleaner. Like. <laughs> I do have to challenge you on one little thing there Please about. No, about and it's it's kind of a finer point, uh, but okay. the idea that black people commit more crime in the United States very hot topic, always a, a third rail. And I, I Larry Elder, to, I used Larry Elder in my documentary to prove that point. Sorry, keep going. Well, well right, well, well, I I just want to. There's something that that I, I want to point out here that I, that I hope is 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 part of the the message is that uh, racism is is often enhanced and distorted by authority by government in order to create division, right? War is not... Absolutely agree, absolutely agree. In most cases without... I mean, the intersection of war and racism is kind of... doesn't really need to be stated, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Or it doesn't need to be explained. But, like, in the United States, um, a major part of that is, like, an exaggeration based on black people get... if, 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 If you had a controlled experiment where black people and white people as groups in the United States committed the same amount of crimes... Black people would be charged with a lot more and persecuted for more and sentenced for more. And and I, I think one of the important things here that, that I hope comes out of the conversation about racism today. Oh, I'd like is, you to watch the whole documentary. I know you've only seen a portion of it, but uh, yeah, so keep going. Oh, uh, just a perspective of empathy, you know, for when, and, and you know, we have these certain, like, does that result in black people committing more crimes? I would say probably yes, but I hesitate to say that make that statement without that context of saying, well, black Americans have been through this experience and this experience and this experience and currently face this challenge and this challenge. And and I hope that that more empathetic approach 
is uh, a, a result of the current conversation around race. How do you think your documentary uh, supports that? I, I mean, aside from the obvious, as you already said, seeing people that, you know, judging people as individuals first. Well, um, by the end of the documentary, I, I come up with these conclusions, and one of my conclusions is pretty much just that, what you just stated. Now, do I agree with what you've said in terms of uh, if we were to this and to that? Um, I would say that in today's day and age, um, the white man is actually more persecuted than the black man. I, I do believe that. I know that makes me sound like I'm some sort of a stupid uh, white nationalist. I'm not. I'm not a white nationalist. But um, I do see the white man today as more persecuted than the black man. That's not to say that I don't agree with you that um, there is division. And I do believe that the division is caused by the higher-ups, the elites, the globalists whoever they may be. Um, the the issue I have is that we are being, we are tools, right? We're being, um, they are using useful idiots like like the, the black nationalists. They are using useful idiots like the, oh, sorry, give me a second. Okay. You're they not- are using useful idiots like black nationalists and white nationalists to literally hate each other. They are using they are using the racial yeah. divide to further that gap, and that's where I agree with you that 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 is intentional, and that is where I do not play along with those games. I'm not going to hate a black person. I'm not going to hate a Jew. I'm not going to hate a white person. I'm going to move beyond that and go, ha! I know what this is. This is the this is the elites. This is them trying yeah. to cause division. This is the government trying to make us all hate each other. And I'm not on that bandwagon. I'm going to only show love and 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 respect and and as much egalitarianism as I can towards all. That is the overall uh, message of my documentary. Well, I, I say that, but as a Christian, like I end it with, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so <laughs> I, I end it biblically because I think that's the the best the best message in the world is is to follow Him. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, side aside, uh, but this. The, 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 when you, when you say whites are more persecuted today, uh, you know I, I I I can't disagree with that because I think it's oh. a somewhat subjective analysis. When you say okay. more persecuted or less persecuted, I might disagree for myself and say, you know, I don't really care to get into that. I respect that opinion. That like if if you want to try to measure overall persecution, oh, I, I would, would say rather, the black man has suffered more in the past. Like, like I just yeah, when you watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's like shopping while black. <laughs> like, like I, I get that, but I feel like today, like in South Africa, blacks are killing whites. Like that's just okay. True. No, that's no, that's so I, I would, I, and and I, I, I certainly support, uh, you know, a love, any kind of love motivated critical examination of a bigger oh, social movement. Yeah. yeah, but ultimately. I. I I, I think I have a kind of knee-jerk aversion. I, I'd like to think it's more thoughtful, perhaps, but I, I seem to have kind of a knee-jerk aversion to these bigger sort of race comparative analyses. Like, well, you know, who's more persecuted or who commits more crimes? You know, I, 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 is, what, what's the value in that? Is is my sensitivity to that maybe something that's holding me back from uh, yeah, you're being a bit of a, You're being a pussy. Let me tell you why. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, fair enough. Oh, no, I, it is. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not so insecure in my masculinity that I can't examine one little intellectual tendency and say I'm, I'm being somehow like fear motivated. Like, am I, am I, am I trying too hard to be politically correct? Now I host it, and I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of the fact that I hosted the Black Community Outreach Panel. And, and made that happen at the uh, 2018 Libertarian National Convention. And, you know, one of my, my favorite black libertarian activists is uh, Maj Touré, who oh. uh, does Black Guns Matter. And it's oh, nice. uh, firearms awareness and self-defense training for urban communities. And it's not, you know, it, it, it's not, it's definitely racial without being racist, uh, but mm-hmm. it is an emphasis on arming the black community and, and it's uh he said in this in this uh in this panel he said uh the most important thing is to be confident in your intention and if you're going in with love and you're going in with without uh desire to to, to hurt anybody you just want to show love for everybody every human being regardless of race and and address that issue in a serious way like that's enough and i'm, I'm confident in that but do, do you really think that that um i'm i'm somehow shying away perhaps from I think uh, it's accidental. I don't think you mean analysis. it. Yes, because, for example, when I used to use the term, what was it, Ra- race preservation, a lot of people would take, take stand aback and they're like, oh, that, that's, that's a dirty word. But it isn't to me. And I think I've been desensitized to it because of my dealings with the far right for so long that I kind of agree with them a little bit on on that that first of all that that word shouldn't be dirty that's I've been conditioned out of that thought and two that um and we've had this conversation before already on my when you were on my show that um it's you think that ethno-nationalism is dumb those were your words and I think you know I think it's okay for Japan to to be purely homogenous the Sudan to be purely homogenous for Israel to be purely homogenous and whilst I'm glad as a Latina that I'm living in Australia and I know that I'm a beneficiary of this immigration that's being permitted by the same token um I am European and um I I do see what's happening in my country I see you know, so many Asians, and I don't hate Asians. I just want—they're not in my doc. They're not in my doc. They're not in my documentary. But I don't hate them. But um, oh, you know. so you just love you. You didn't include them. You just want to exclude no. them. I left them out. I kept the conversation black, white, Jew. Like that's how I kept it. But um, because that's where the biggest racial divide is. But um, yeah. Look, uh, oh, you I'm don't think there. that's a, you don't think that's a Western centric analysis? Look at the divide between Uyghur no, Muslims and the rest of China. You know, look at Tibetan, you know, or or Pakistan and India and, and Kashmir and and uh, I mean, there's 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 plenty That's of conversations to be had. Bigger ethnic divides. <laughs> very true. That's very true. But I, I think covering the the Jewish white topic kind of covers uh, what you sort of just you're stated. Right, you're looking at you're looking at the deeper dynamics using these just the examples that you're familiar with to get into yes. right. But yeah, exactly. So just back to what you were asking um, with like, are you being a little sensitive regarding the whole black white uh, issue um, in terms of. It's not um, black white, just general racial comparative analyses that involve okay. large scale subjective value judgment. That just seems like unnecessary. Yeah, well, the reason I think it is necessary, it's like when people. 
it's like, okay, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's a good question. Years ago, um, I started doing a contrast between the Prophet Muhammad, sorry guys, I don't mean to make it too controversial, and the Prophet Jesus Christ. Blessed be his name. Exactly. Exactly. And the Prophet of Jesus. And, um, someone, I got a lot of people writing to me saying, dear, this poly, you shouldn't be doing this contrast, don't do it. And I'm like, but then how do you know what is a fact, what is true, if you don't do the contrast? Like by doing the contrast, you get you get the fair analysis, you get the the right understanding. Yes, you can say all of these people have uh, are suffering because of these reasons, and they have suffered throughout the years, and all these people are suffering for these reasons. But at the moment, it's true. If if someone says someone has minority privilege, at the moment that's true. Like. If you have, if you're white at the moment, that that works against you. If you're black, if you're Latino, if you're any other race, you'll probably be able to use. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would want to. I, I get your point. I'm going against my there, own. I'm going against my there, own. There, no, but there are there are ways in which it works like that. Yes, but then overall, it's still. I, I, I mean, don't think it's, it's, it's very subjective. Like you can say that in some situations, absolutely, because of affirmative action in America. Uh-huh. If you want a specific yes. job or ed, you know an educational position or slot, and as a student or what have you in a program. You, your your standards are, might be lowered for or or you might be at a competitive advantage because of minority status, but compared to like legacy and inheritance and dealing with the police and uh, dealing with banks, is does does that outweigh it yet? I don't think we're there yet. I, I mean, in my subjective analysis, I'm 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 I I'm I am 100 percent on board with uh, the meritocracy over a I'm racial like, system. Um, I'm with you there. But I and so I'm happy to acknowledge the ills of affirmative action, uh, but I I wouldn't say that affirmative action as a whole or that even category of, of social sympathy for for minorities has yet to come to outweigh white privilege. Because even I, though I'm half Jewish, I believe in privilege. Do you believe in white privilege? <laughs> I well, I believe in I believe I I don't I I, I can't I'm trying to because. I don't. I don't, I don't use that. that term very often. Um, it because sounds I like you mean, believe that it's a thing. I, it is it, absolutely. Um, and and no, I, I, I I've, I've been to jail in the United States where I'm the only white dude on the block, you know, and everybody <laughs> else is black. And you go and they treat me, di- and I get they treat me differently because I'm usually like a high profile. But they commit more crimes. Of course, there was going to be more black people. They well, represent they thirty percent of the crimes. The same stuff. You look at you look at traffic stops in the United States. If uh, a, a black guy gets pulled over for the same speeding, whatever, as a white dude, he's more likely to get searched. He's more likely to, to leave in cuffs from that from that traffic stop. You know what? And I'm not there, so you're probably right, and maybe that that's not a point that I made in my documentary. That was not one of my points that I made, but I did I, I did say overall black people. So, um, meaning the continent of Africa, there is just more crime there. I think that's giving in to to the very collectivism behind the racism. But you know what? To me, it's totally. just I I would prefer to to avoid those larger scale value judgments um, as a matter of intellectual integrity. But I understand that that's why I individualize. That's my overall point. Yes, and in order in order to 
to understand some of these things, sometimes you have to go through that. You have to look at the world that way and analyze these racial conflicts, assuming mm-hmm. these premises in order to understand that the premises are wrong in the first place, which gets us to the point of this, which is to be able to see uh, past, to understand racial judgments, to understand yeah. racial differences, to be at peace with that, to not be hypersensitive or, or anything about it, and yeah, then be, be, be empathetic and mm-hmm. to relate to people, as into, to, to be able to see past all of that to relate yeah. to your fellow human beings as, as individuals who are worthy of their individuality. I lo- yes, and that is the overall point. Um, I even I even admit in my documentary that I started to form a little bit of hatred, uh, a momentary hatred for black people because um, of what all because when you when you do research and all you do is research, 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 and all the videos you find of violence, literally everyone is black on black crime or black on white crime. You can't help but be like. There's a pattern here. And then when you find white, when you finally find videos of white people committing acts of violence, it's not the same level of violence. Um, uh, like, we do it in uniform. Yeah. Well, that's true. And, but, um, and, that's, and, I'm, and I'm not opposed. Uh, like, <laughs> I maybe should, I should have asked you for some videos, but I asked several different people for videos of white violence. And I have, I have them and I show them in my video. I do. But, um, not to the level of chopping someone's head off, to making someone seizure, to throwing a baby in a in a canister. It just and so then um in in I I had to re intellectualize because I was like I don't want to hate anyone. I'm I'm a nice I'm a nice person. See, I, I, it's ironic. I'm wearing this today only because I was going out to get my COVID test. But you want to see it now, and and I understand. <laughs> I did it myself in the truck oh. driving through Walgreens, and I have to do it because my wife and I are doing our honeymoon in Hawaii next week oh. in order to uh, test out of, of quarantine, apparently. Um, mm. So we had to do it within 72 hours. Anyway, I'll, but my point Sorry. was that um, even in your analysis, and, and this is another reason why I, I think it's important to shy away from those bigger collective judgments is that we're very prone to manipulation in what we count. And, and, and I mean, I, I hate to be like you know, a race traitor to, to my own whatever white Jewish people, but um, <laughs> you look, I, I want to just provide the intellectual counterpoint. As a, as, no, 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 as, no, I want you, know, you to. I want partly you to as a contrarian. So, I'm not a racist. I just sure, no, no. I, 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 as, and, and actually, I do want to point out that what you admitted to of, of having developed a bias and a hatred, I did. Uh, I that's really powerful. And, mm-hmm. and to acknowledge that is, 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 I think, critical for a lot of people. You're setting a beautiful example there. But anyway, so to this counterpoint of war, and I understand, yes, the U.S. military is racially diverse, but it's reflective of America. It's predominantly white. And it's run by, and it's uh, uh, like even more white among officers than enlisted. And you look at the, like my war crimes, you know, and torturing people in Iraq. And, and uh, it was one night I was ordered to, to do sleep deprivation torture guarding detainees. Yeah. You look at Abu Ghraib. Look at, uh, you know, the troops uh, pissing on, on dead insurgents, even if that's what they were, defending their country against a foreign invasion. Uh, that's that's a lot of uh, pr- predominantly white on Arab crime. 
that you yeah. just don't even think of because it's institutionalized and it's in uniform, as and said legally in, in uniform, which is not right. Yeah, and you know that's a topic for another time. That's a docu- that's a whole documentary itself, really. Yeah. No, so but, I, I, um, it's part, good. It's good. My, You're leveling it out for me, and, and I like yeah. that because I don't want to have. A, I don't want that bias, but it's there because I've done that research. I've been working on this documentary for about four or five months. So sadly, that that's the research I. I I accumulated, but I like that you're talking me out of it. Well, no, it's, it, it's really also important to point out that um, as we as we advance as a species, as we become more harmonious, more aware, more more intelligent, more capable, that uh, we we have to we have yeah we have to step back and and do these analyses and recognize that they will always uh, be imperfect, but humanity moves forward with love and now i i think on this you know acceleration of the human experience it's uh it's really cool to see that this conversation around race growing and evolving and uh it's it's just awesome to be able to share the experience with you so uh we got the link we're going to make sure that the link to your documentary i love that you're doing it on bit shoot also very cool Exclusively, um, yeah. Yeah, conscientious uh, distribution. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's a lot of stuff that you get cut for on YouTube. All right, so there's there's the link in on on the screen. It will be in the notes wherever you're watching or listening to this. One quick comment from our producers club. Craig says, until we quit looking at the color of people's skin to make an opinion and instead look at the individual's heart, we will always have racial strife. So, Dia, thank you for being a part of that process. Moving past that, uh, I was any looking at patterns thoughts? of behavior, by the way. <laughs> and any any uh, final thoughts on on what you would want people to know about your documentary? Oh, just that. Um, please watch it. Please circulate it because ultimately the message is a biblical one. I I, I ended up back to where I I originally was on the topic of race. I'm not. I I, I don't. I think being race a realist, a race realist, is not the same thing as being racist. And that's where I ended up, um, acknowledging the differences, but loving mm-hmm. everyone for them. We're not all the same. People, for people to say that is stupid. Oh, I don't see color. I see color, but I love everyone for their talents and their skills. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us all the way from down under this morning, Dia. No and worries. Craig Thanks also for love is always the answer. Great guest, indeed. I agree. Thank you. Too. Always have fun talking to you. I'm Kim. I adore her. Oh, look at that. All right, let's, uh, should, should we get uh, Jim or Mercedes or someone back up here to check in on comments today before we get into this pile of news? We we might still, we might still get through all of it today. It's kind of like uh, the headlines, I feel like today they became like the, the, the eating your vegetables of the show. Yeah, well, I was ready to get on them. Oh, and by the way, we weren't necessarily making fun of your links we were just, at the last minute there we were like well we got a few minutes left we were trying to go through them and see if there was anything that we were like holy crap we have to cover this right you know what i mean yeah and we only no, got like a quarter of the way through it when he threw you on there i was like i don't think he's ready yet yeah no that's an important part of what we do in the show is is making it more efficient in how we look at the world is there's so much I, I you know, one of the, a big thing I do is 
filter out stories that are like, well, this might be happening and this is coming because it's, it's all hype. There's so much bullshit in the mainstream media to, to make more of a story of something than it is. And there's it's a, a lot of, uh, you know, fear-mongering urgency that, that I hope we can kind of take out of the news for you. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so as far as comments go, let me slide back up here. Craig said, you picked your nose yesterday, Adam. Expected a positive test. <laughs> I am an iris for Corona. <laughs> oh, did you I know say it? Uh oh. Well, yeah, he's got to get the link out. We haven't even been messing with it today. We should play that one time today. Just play the whole thing. <laughs> Medical advice. Uh, this is not medical advice, and this this disclaimer applies to this entire two block show, two hour block. Go ahead. <laughs> we failed to contain the rona today. No matter how many times, we'll have to play that at the very end of the episode. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just one big vaccination that'll cover the whole show. It'll just, it'll envelop yes. the whole show in yes. protection that uh, it, it's impossible to to strike us on YouTube. We but have just like PJ, before Pfizer you get vaccine, to the news. Hold on, Zim, just like the Pfizer vaccine, it might not take effect for a few weeks. Yeah, definitely. No, that's the thing yeah. now. Oh, we're going to get to it. We'll probably get to it like next week or maybe on, on tomorrow's show. But, yeah, I've, I've pushed back a lot of uh, virus headlines. And one of them is that uh, a nurse got a positive test, got sick, and, and noticed, like, ah, she was sick a week after getting the vaccine. And and their excuse now is, oh, oh, we forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah, it takes a couple weeks before it's effective. Oh, okay. Yeah. One more, one more thing. One more yeah. thing. <laughs> Ouch. So now vaccinations are going to come with like a two-week quarantine so that it can be effective before you're allowed back into society. That's horrible. Hey, Jim, they were Man. already offering that on special. Buy one vaccine, get a free two-week quarantine. You didn't hear about that? You can quarantine all you want, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one comment before you get to the news block. We got Kareem and Mays here saying, I will sign up to debate you soon. So that'll be fun. I think it means on make them debate, uh, make them debate.com. Yeah. He can go right to the website and put it up there and then uh, see what happens. All right. But Jim, before you go, um, and before we get into like just driving through the headlines, I do hope you notice that the first one is a pretty important kind of need to know now for most of our audience, at least American citizens or people who are in a position to rip off the American government as if they were American citizens. And that's from the DenverChannel.com, ABC7, this headline, Fed's stimulus checks starting to make their way into bank accounts. And, uh, yeah, um, socialism is, is high speed, low drag now. And $600 stimulus checks from the Fed government. Uh, this is from yesterday. This is yesterday. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on Tuesday that some Americans will begin receiving $600 stimulus checks from the federal government by the end of the night. 
Now, one thing I, I so I, I encourage everybody if if you're in the position uh, to get to get your check, don't miss it. You know, um, if and from what I understand, if you got the last one, you're probably and you you know you got a check by mail or you got direct deposit in your bank account. If nothing has changed, you're probably okay already in the system to get this one, right? Jim, is that your understanding? That's my assumption. I really haven't uh, read any of the fine details yet to find out. That that was my assumption, yeah. Okay. Well, because some I people went, said they had already gotten it, and I haven't heard anybody saying you have to do anything. So. Yeah. So, but you, if you didn't get the last one for whatever reason, then you might have to do something. And right. I don't know what that is because I, I found a link to, to some IRS website on a news story when I was – oh, here it is. It's in this one. Um, Mnuchin said – here, this is great. Uh, CJ, if you pull this up, it was this news story. Mnuchin said that later this week Americans can check the status of their refund payments by going to this website. And I clicked on it, and it's, it's irs.gov. It's all ran. It's crashed. Get my payment. Yeah, there it is. And, okay, no, hold on. CJ, look, on my computer, let's see if I can turn my camera around. I have it. I can share it on my screen here. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up on mine. Go go ahead, Jim. Yep, that's what I have. Yep, that's it. Um, Can you copy that link, Jim, into the private chat? Yeah. IRS.gov slash get my payment. Actually, well, mine it comes up as slash coronavirus slash get dash my dash payment. Uh, I think the original link from the other story was um, just irs.gov slash get my payment. But yeah, we'll make sure all of that's in the notes for anybody who needs that. Um, but uh, what it says is here, get my, even when it loads, look at the first thing under the second yellow box there is get my payment is temporarily offline. Yeah. That's it. So uh, yeah. now, now it's a, it's a black box, effectively, uh, and hopefully, if if you uh, were not on, I'm not going to try to get into this too much on on the show on the air. But if you were not on the uh, payment list last time, you you probably want to go to this website and poke around and see if there's something you can do to get on it this time. Is that is that enough for covering this today? Yeah, Jim. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, yeah, I was reading what it says, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah, and if anybody has anything different, uh, you know, producers club members who are watching right now who want to let me know uh, by the end of the show, uh, I th- this is the sort of urgent thing. I I would feel irresponsible if uh, you know our coverage did not inform you that there might be a six hundred dollar check or a two thousand dollar check somewhere with your name on it. Uh, and yeah, I, we, I think we sufficiently covered this. Was it yesterday or the day before about like get your money back? Like if they're gonna borrow yeah. uh, three thousand dollars in your name and give you six hundred dollars of it back, uh, why let them keep all of it? Why make them if they're gonna? If that's what they have to do to get away with this is give you some of your money back. Fucking take it. Don't make it easier for them. Don't leave that money with government to hurt people. I, I can't say that enough. I know a lot of libertarians have moral issues and a lot of people you know have issues in, in different ways taking money from government. I have an issue with you leaving your money in government hands. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be 602 for the record. I 
I haven't seen any other updates on it. Uh, I heard the, the 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 turtle. What's his name? Mitch McConnell. Mitch uh, McConnell. Everybody calls him the turtle. Yeah, I heard he was being blamed for keeping the two, keeping it at six hundred. Yeah, because yeah, because they passed it and everything in the House, but the Senate has to approve it and i think he was the one that's being blamed because i saw a meme with uh uh, well i saw a bunch of memes with him saying he kept the money from you you know blah 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 and they're blaming him but i saw another one that made me laugh it had the twisted t guy and they posted mitch mcconnell's face on the white guy's face (laughs) i don't know this one twisted t i don't get the reference what oh wow i can't believe that you don't know the reference well like like the wine cooler no, there's a there's a short video out there uh, of a, a a black guy has a twisted T, and there's some white guy appears to be on drugs, in my opinion, and he's talking and he's using the N word repeatedly, and the guy's starting to get irritated, and the the white guy like starts getting up into the black guy's face and saying stuff and using the N word, and eventually the guy takes the twisted T and just pops him right in the face and sends him back flying horribly. It's a very <laughs> viral video. Yeah, it's crazy viral, and uh, and people are making twisted tea like memes like crazy now. Like they're so, like they're you know having uh, people made a, a, a ammo cartridge with twisted tea on it. You know what I mean? Somebody had a picture of a Final Fantasy character instead of instead of a sword, they had a twisted tea can. Here it is, right here. Right, TJ's on it. Lots of ways. I'm a, and you know it's crazy. You no, know, it's crazy. I'm gonna walk to you. I'm gonna walk right to my house for you, bro. I'm sure there's way more to that. Notice how quickly yeah. that man ripped his mask off to yell at the guy like COVID was out the door. It did not yeah. matter. Social distancing, mask, none of that mattered after that moment. Yeah, All right, well, crazy. let's see how many headlines we can uh, we can run through in like 20 minutes here, and then we'll check back in with the uh, with the comments and uh, and the good news. All right. All right, buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Big news block. From the Washington Post, New York prosecutor hires forensic accounting experts as Trump criminal probe escalates. Yeah, it's not all just smooth cruising for Trump through his lame duck session. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has retained forensic accounting specialists to aid its criminal investigation of President Trump and his business operations as prosecutors ramp up their scrutiny of his company's real estate transactions, according to people familiar with the matter. Now, I don't need to get into this story too much, and I don't particularly care, but there's a bigger takeaway from zooming out just a little bit that I think is very important. 
Namely, wait, Trump's been uh, president for just about four years? Pretty high-profile dude. I think sometimes referred to as the most famous person in the world. And you're just now scrutinizing his financial crimes? Or you're just now getting to this part of the legal process? Really? No, this is not a system that works for justice. This is a system that works for the super class. And whether or not Trump is held accountable is not a product of whether the wheels of justice grind him down uh, properly, but whether the game of power playing behind the scenes manipulation goes his way. And right now it's not looking good. Now, Speaking of not looking good for Trump, and again, not going to condemn or he could have a gun to his head, like a lot of the innocent Iraqis who were killed by Blackwater agents did at one point. Trump pardon of Blackwater Iraq contractors violates international law, UN, this from Reuters. U.S. President Donald Trump's pardon of four American men convicted of killing Iraqi civilians while working as contractors in 2007 violated U.S. obligations under international law, U.N. human rights experts said on Wednesday. And there's one other element to the story that I don't think Trump properly anticipates the backfiring if he's doing this with some intent to, like, kiss ass to the military community. And it's in the interest of every tyrant for their trigger pullers, pullers, whether they're private security, government contractors, or the troops themselves, to to feel that they can act with impunity, that they can uh, commit whatever acts of brutality necessary to impose your will on the world and that they will be protected from the consequences of that. But the thing is, the the Blackwater agents who did this are not people respected by the military community at any level. They're scumbags. They're shitbirds. They're fucking cowards. Uh, the, the, The kind of Lack of of training, the the kind of uh, lack of bearing discipline, uh, but but even at a deeper level, even if even if you're a super militarist, imperialist, American racist, and are like, yeah, well, they're just a bunch of ragheads anyway. You, these guys are shitbirds, even to even to the people who are that wrong about things and don't understand that the most important reason to uh, to to want uh, these men held accountable is for their destruction of humanity, for their, for their destruction of human life, and, and what that reflects in them as a lack of humanity, a, a betrayal of all of the righteous reasons someone becomes a warrior in the first place. So, uh, yeah, violates U.S. obligations under international law, according to U.N. human rights experts Wednesday. Nicholas Slatton was convicted of first-degree murder. While Paul Slow, Evan Liberty, and Dustin Hurd were convicted of voluntary and attempted manslaughter over the incident in which U.S. contractors opened fire and busy traffic in a Baghdad square and killed 14 unarmed Iraqi civilians. The four contractors who worked for the private security firm Blackwater, owned by the brother of Trump's education secretary, yes, we're talking about Eric Prince, not commonly known as the brother of Betsy DeVos, uh, were included in a wave of pre-Christmas pardons announced by the White House. Helena Aparak, chair of the UN Working Group on the Use of Mercenaries, said pardoning the Blackwater contractors is an affront to justice and to the victims of the Nisour Square massacre and their families. The Geneva Conventions oblige states to hold war criminals accountable for their crimes, even when they act as private security contractors. Now, uh, according to the UN experts, now I don't 
believe in vengeance. I don't believe that simply putting these men behind bars serves justice. The real accountability would be for them to be in a, in, a, in debtor's prison for the rest of their lives and to be forced to serve the family members of those who they killed would certainly be a lot closer to justice in my eyes than simply locking them up and releasing them after an arbitrary period of time. It's like giving them a timeout. It's a punishment is not the same thing as justice. And I, I, I don't want to say that like, yeah, lock them up forever. No, I'm not, I'm not even taking that position. Um, in, in terms of a debtor's prison, they should be supported and taken care of and in a comfortable place, but where the product of the value of their life is no longer theirs because they have committed that and, and clearly, overwhelmingly, indisputedly committed that gravest of offenses of, of ending a human life without any justification whatsoever. And this now is Trump's legacy, whether he likes it or not. Back to American politics. Uh, yeah, political bullshit in Georgia. Daily Beast says this headline. Ted Cruz is pocketing the money he's raising for Georgia GOPers. He's not alone. And I, I suppose uh, CJ and Jim were right to dismiss a story like this earlier. Hey, there's a big political fight. People are raising money for corrupt causes and for themselves and personal enrichment and committing fraud in the name of Republican and Democrat politics. Yeah, <laughs> not news, but certainly worth pointing out that, yeah, this is a feature, a predictable feature of the uh, runoffs in Georgia, which are happening January 5th, I believe, and should be uh, decided a, a little faster than the presidential election, but maybe not much. And uh, there's a, a huge amount of attention being paid to these races because it is the balance of power in the Senate or the the, the is is hanging in the balance, whatever. Uh, and Senator Ted Cruz, according to the Daily Beast, quote, needs your help to keep the U.S. Senate in Republican hands. So blared a handful of Facebook's ads that Cruz's campaign committee purchased this month, but none of them were actually raising money for the Republican candidates in Georgia. Instead, every penny donated went directly to Cruz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lion Ted. Right. Uh, speaking of lying politicians, we go back to President Trump for the balance.com, President Trump's impact on the national debt. And this is from this is the big anti-Trump headline on Drudge Report today uh, under the first big headline on Drudge Report, which is that the national debt, according to get the debt clock up here, if you want, CJ, has crossed twenty eight trillion dollars. And I just I, this is. Yeah, uh, I do. And this is not a new story. This one is from October 15th. And they're putting up on the Drudge to report today as a reminder uh, that, that Trump was supposed to be the uh, anti-debt guy, the, the smart business president. No, the national debt has increased by almost 36% since Trump took office. During the 2016 presidential campaign, candidate Donald Trump promised he will eliminate the nation's debt in eight years. <clears throat> Instead, his budget estimates show that he would actually add at least $8.3 trillion, increasing the U.S. debt to $28.5 trillion by 2025. Of course, uh, <laughs> he is outdoing himself. If you, I, I, I love to say I told you so, but I hate to say I told you so. Trump's rhetoric about the debt was bullshit. Trump's numbers on paper about the debt were a lot closer to reality. And the story goes on. However, 
the national debt may reach that figure much sooner when Trump took office in January 2017. The national debt stood at $19.9 trillion. In October 2020, the national debt reached a new high of $27 trillion. That's an increase of almost 36% in less than four years. And even if you want to – I mean, there's some silly Trump apologists who will say, well, COVID, blame COVID. Yeah, yeah. That's like blaming poverty for a mugger ripping you off. Um, no, Trump fell for it. Trump Trump walked right into the trap. Trump is the one who declared the national state of emergency, who has uh, bragged about everything he's done to fight COVID rather than fight government's overreaction. Speaking of which, the Wall Street Journal, next headline, Fed, Treasury provide one-week reprieve for Main Street program after demand surges. And and I will say this is something uh, that is kind of in the category of, of urgent, practical, journalist-responsible headlines I got to cover because a, a lot of people in our audience, uh, you know, are small business owners. Uh, there are a lot of people who are in a position to apply for these loans. And, I, you know, again, what this is your tax dollars sitting on the table. Get it back. The Treasury Department and Federal Reserve said Tuesday that they had extended the cutoff date for the Main Street lending program from December 31 to January 8 to process last-minute crush to deliver loans. A last-minute crush to deliver loans, excuse me. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin last month declined to grant an extension to several emergency lending programs run by the Fed, including the Main Street lending program, which is designed to support lending to small and mid-sized businesses and nonprofits disrupted by the coronavirus pandemic. I'm going to keep this tab up. Uh, you know, I applied uh, as Adam versus the man for one of the early rounds of $10,000 loans. Didn't get it. Uh, but it took me five minutes online, filled out a form, sent it in, and, uh, you know, I don't regret it. And I, I encourage everybody who might be in a position to uh, claim other government benefits right now, don't be left behind. Don't, be, uh, don't let them steal your money. Uh, on the premise that they're going to give it back and let them get away with not giving some of it back to you. Greenwich time has this story from the Washington Post. Trump's big policy win. Stronger showers, faster dishwashers. It's something almost no one asked for. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, kicking our lame duck while he's down. President Donald Trump was on a roll standing before an adoring crowd in Carson City, Nevada, just a couple weeks <clears throat> before the 2020 election and letting loose with a favorite campaign trail complaint, dishwashers. Don't work like they used to. Showerheads dribble. Toilets are slow. <clears throat> it was hard to tell how seriously to take Trump. The topic was light. It wasn't tax cuts or COVID-19. The crowd cheered and laughed as he talked. Trump teased that he really shouldn't even be talking about the fact that people have to flush their toilet 15 times. But showers were the worst, he said. Now, I didn't. I, I missed this, honestly. The, the fact that people have to flush their toilet 15 times. I, I'm almost 220 pounds right now. I work out a lot. I take pretty big shits every morning. I've never had one. I shit in a bucket most times, so I don't know if I'm the best person to testify about this in my voting booth in Gardenia. But uh, I, I'm I, like, even when I poop in a in a regular toilet, uh, I've never had to flush twice. And I get it. Trump, uh, Trump's a little. I, I think I got a slightly faster metabolism than Trump. He's a little bigger than me. As long as we're getting into these fruit comparisons, but he's taking dumps 
that require him to flush his toilet 15 times? Entertaining, certainly. Presidential, not so much. No water comes out. And me, I want that hair to be so beautiful. Is that really a problem in the White House? You can't get a higher flow shower head? Is that, is that, is that really? Yeah. All right. I was going to do Trump's legacy part two on this, but I think a couple dumb turd jokes are enough to uh, cement Trump's legacy. Now, a couple updates on the Nashville shooting. And I, I, this is somewhat important headline news. Uh, AP News has this headline, Nashville man's girlfriend warned he was building bombs. Yeah. Now, this early on after a bombing like we just saw in Nashville with the RV and the apparent attack uh, on a, an AT&T station uh, facility rather than uh, on individuals, you know, clearly intended to avoid loss of human life. Uh, but even, even with that, it, there's going to be misinformation. There is going to be deliberate misinformation in, in, in something that is receiving as much attention as this is. But the, the government story already now uh, really, uh, I mean, well, a, a statist might hear this and say, and that's why we need to give government more money to keep us safe. And I look at this and go, how about we have a system where the people tasked with looking out for our safety have an actual interest in keeping us safe as opposed to getting government money and bonuses and, and protecting their jobs. So more than a year before Anthony Warner detonated a bomb in downtown Nashville on Christmas, officers visited his home after his girlfriend told police that he was building bombs in an RV trailer at his residence, according to documents already obtained by the AP, but they were unable to make contact with him or see inside his RV. Now, there's something else, too, about an attorney in here, his former attorney. Um, and they, uh, the, the attorney said... Uh, that uh, he has, uh, that he wasn't representing him at the time. He wasn't an active client. He's not a criminal defense attorney, and that he was saying, you know, someone somewhere dropped the ball. This guy, this attorney Throckmorton, told the newspaper he represented Warner in a civil case several years ago, and that Warner was no longer his client in August 2019. Quote: Somebody somewhere dropped the ball. Now I posted this on Twitter, and and as, as someone in my audience was quick to point out, well, Adam. They had no probable cause. What do you expect them to do to be able to go into his house or violate his privacy or Fourth Amendment? They had no choice. The police, they investigated, they went to his house, and then they left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the problem. And I'm not saying that they should have violated his privacy or his rights or anything like that. No, no, no. But if you were a serious security company uh, or, or community agency, and, and you had a genuine interest in keeping people safe, you wouldn't just go, oh, potential bomb threat, knock, knock, knock. Oh, he's not here. Oh, I can't see anything over the fence. I guess I have to give up. No, I mean, and, and you can you can monitor someone without violating their rights. You can see what is he taking in and out of his home. You can be there when, when he pulls out with the RV. You can put uh, the security cameras up nearby. But, you know, no, we have a government system where they, they don't have an actual interest in keeping us safe. And this is, you know, I, I hope something that, is interpreted correctly along with potentially the actions of, of Mr. Warner if, if there was something, some bigger point he was trying to make. USA Today has this headline, Nashville bombing froze wireless communications exposed Achilles heel in regional network. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, of course, yeah, there's going to be something more to this. As we said, 
the vulnerability of the telecommunication system in Nashville and beyond became crystal or became clear Christmas Day when AT&T's central office in downtown became the site of a bombing. Mayor John Cooper called the blast on Second Avenue an attack on infrastructure. The effects of that attack are sure to ripple through the region for weeks as the telecom giant scrambles to restore services while maintaining the integrity of an active investigation site teaming with federal agents. State and local officials and experts say the fact that a multi-state region could be brought to its knees by a single bombing is a wake-up call, exposing vulnerabilities many didn't know existed and predicting it would lead to intense conversations about the future. Now, I think people are going to be looking into this for a long time. More is going to come out about this uh, very unique attack. Um, I don't think you can call it terrorism because it wasn't really intended to make anyone afraid. There was no use of fear, no you know attempt at, at changing policy that we know of. Although there could be if some you know manifesto is released at some point. And uh, technologically, uh, I, I I don't really see uh, if, if there's a wake-up call it's let's get government out of the way of innovation and get the corporatocracy out of the way of I- implementing new technologies so that we can get to mesh nets where you know the c- devices communicate over networks directly to each other because we have superfluous capabilities in the devices themselves and i think we're going to get to that regardless it's sort of like oil and gas suppressing alternative uh, vehicle technologies you know like the documentary Who Killed the Electric Car. Um, you know, if, if mesh networks, you know, it could be a matter of technology we already have, the, the phones already in our pockets and, you know, different software networking, who knows, you know, what the next leap is or just a little little addition in, in, in transmitting hardware in the device perhaps. And uh, all of a sudden all the telecoms go out of business. That would be pretty revolutionary. I mean, that, that would be a major, major economic shift. And there's billions of dollars at stake even beyond what we see directly with the telecoms like AT&T. So uh, with this story, uh, I, I, I hope that, that it, it can be critically examined and that we can learn from it um, and, and, and really figure out what, uh, what was behind it, what happened, who lied, and, and uh, you know, move forward with good lessons learned from the Nashville bombing. Given our history, though, you know, the one thing we learned from history is that we never freaking learned from history. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too optimistic about those lessons sinking in immediately or quickly or in time to prevent the next tragedy, but uh, we will be following up on this story as, uh, as more comes out. All right, uh, since we're just at about time, let's see how many we can actually skim through here. National Park, this is LMTonline.com. National Park Service investigates video showing a ranger tasering a Native American man walking his dog off trail. Yeah, Daryl House was walking through the Petroglyph National Monument in Albuquerque on Sunday with his dog and his sister when he strayed off the marked trail. House, who identifies as Native American, says that he's often done so in the past to prey on land he considers his ancestral home. This time, though, he was confronted by a National Park Service ranger. Moments later, House was lying on the ground and the fetal position, crying for help as the officer repeatedly tasered him. I couldn't not share this story as a perfect picture of tragic irony in the corona season. That people are like, this is this is what this looks like now. This is the 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 state just police state update. Yeah, and it gets worse. And I, I hate to include two stories that are sort of about the virus here together because they do relate to 
how the police state is changing. A CBS LA woman, 95, threatened with eviction for socially distant chats with her granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, it's what it sounds like. Every other week, Rosanna Hendricks stands on the sidewalk and looks up at her grandmother's, up to her grandmother's balcony at her Redondo Beach apartment complex. It's often the only social interaction 95-year-old Clara Carquette gets now that she stays inside to protect herself from COVID. So it's just her sitting in a room. I get sad just thinking about it because I can't imagine what it's like to just sit by yourself all day long. Rosanna would bring her small children into Clara's apartment. Quote, I even had all their toys set up at her apartment so they wouldn't get bored there. I would just sit with her for a few hours every weekend. But when COVID hit, Rosanna and her family members decided it was too risky to meet indoors. So they've visited this way for months with Clara on the balcony, Rosanna below on the public sidewalk. And last week, Clara got a notice from her apartment manager, quote, we have received complaints regarding excessive noise coming from your unit. Please have your guests come and visit inside your unit. Now, this yeah, the note ends with, quote, continued violation of your lease ruled, ruled, ruled and regulations. That's the typo in the letter. Uh, will result in further action, which may include eviction. And, you know, is this, is this legitimate? Like, I don't know. Uh, are, are they really uh, providing a nuisance to fellow residents? Uh, obviously, this isn't like a, a police state kind of thing. But when we look at the enforcement of, uh, you know, landlord-tenant law and all the COVID manipulations around that, this is a disgusting example of how it is being used. Uh, another quick police state update. Louisville police seek to fire two more officers connected to fatal shooting. Excuse me, of Breonna Taylor. So, yeah, good to know there's some accountability. Excuse me, some, some, a small insufficient measure at least of accountability happening there. CBS New York, I just want to do this story to make fun of New York City. Squirrel Mania, Queens residents describing graphic detail being attacked by crazed rodents. Yeah, because government does such a good job of keeping you safe and protecting you from varmints. And they have pictures of uh, squirrels going, uh, blood in the snow from squirrel attacks, fingers getting chewed, and yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Michelin Frederick says her bite wounds are still healing after she was attacked by a squirrel a week ago. Quote, you hear someone has been bitten by a squirrel, you're like, okay, you got a nib, what's the deal? But this was this was an MMA cage match, and I lost. She said the squirrel totally unprovoked went after her uh, in front of her home, and uh, the, her fingers are getting chewed. Yeah, it's crazy. A security camera image shows the squirrel latched on to her left hand. Several of Frederick's neighbors have also been terrorized by the raging rodent, including Vinati Singh's family. They were recording the squirrel on their mailbox when it pounced. Yeah, they probably got COVID. It's like COVID craziness. Uh, good news from Fox 5 New York from the NFL. Rare good news from the NFL, right? NFL player to be paid in Bitcoin. And, like, the picture of this guy, Russell Okun, 76, number 76 in the Carolina Panthers. I, I wonder what they're trying to do with the guy's face. Like, is it, there's always an editorial angle in the selection of photos, usually trying to make someone look bad. Uh, but, yeah, he's got this, like, pained, quizzical look on his face in the photo in this story. And it says, the caption is, uh, Russell Alkung, number 76 of the Carolina Panthers, waits between drills during a training camp session at Bank of America Stadium on August 24 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and he's, in May 2019, he tweeted, pay me in Bitcoin. Now that appears to be happening. 
he will receive half of his $13 million salary in the cryptocurrency. So this is really cool. Um, I, I don't think it's going to save football. But uh, legit big player. He was uh, age 32, was the sixth overall pick in the 2010 NFL draft by the Seattle Seahawks. Won a Super Bowl with the team in 2013. Also played for the Chargers. All right. Um, I guess we, we have we have a bit of a, an international news block. And I think we're going to save that one for tomorrow. But well, there is some in, in, important stuff happening. Quick preview. Uh, bracing for possible Iranian-linked attack. U.S. officials warned the threat streams are very real. We're going to deconstruct that. Several killed in attack on Yemen's Aden airport. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, she is very courageous. Saudi women's rights activist Lujain al-Hatrol appeals jail sentence. Chinese citizen journalist Zhang Zan jailed for provoking trouble with Wuhan reporting. China eyes shrinking Jack Ma's business empire. And special report from Reuters, nuns arrested as Beijing turns up heat on church in Hong Kong. Yeah, not, not really... Uh, Surprising, but uh, sad nonetheless. Although tomorrow, I should say tomorrow, we're doing a year in review show. So we're going to have fun putting this together the rest of the day today. And uh, we're going to have our, our, except for Marcus, I I think you can't join us. We're going to have Mercedes and Jim and CJ and myself on screen for a year in review panel. Hopefully we'll have, uh, we've got a few guests lined up. Hopefully Ernie Hancock will be among them to do this year in review. We want to take your comments and calls specifically tomorrow about, uh, well, I'll, I'll share this from uh, from our friend Nicholas Berryhill in the Producers Club, uh, who in our side bullshit chat yesterday was talking about what a good year he had and just being grateful that 2020 wasn't all that bad for him and, and celebrating, you know, as, as, we, as we humans like to do, look back on this past year and, and, and talk about milestones and positive achievements and good things. So we're going to do some of that tomorrow as well. So get your positive stories ready for 2020 for the year in review. We're going to have some fun with that. And then, of course, Friday is going to be our first regular format, Cutting Edge of Good News episode. So let's get Jim back on screen here and uh, check in with the audience to, to sign off for the show today. Jim? What's going on? Good that news was a great block. segment. Yeah, 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 that was a good news block. Uh, Craig is keeping it alive with the Twisted Tea. He's demonstrating what the Internet is doing with the Twisted Tea right now. And just anytime something comes up, he said instead of a guillotine, CJ needs to buy a case of Twisted Tea. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I had a follow-up thought on the guillotine question, if I may, really quickly. Um, uh, In terms of... Like, if you are in that, like, when is, it's sort of when is the death penalty, yeah, CJ's got to hear this, right? When is the death penalty justified, right? And I think not only should we never trust the state to decide who lives and who dies, but the only time that we should allow anyone to kill another person or support that is when it is it is absolutely necessary in a defensive role. And if you have the capability to imprison someone, reliably, without knowing that, you know, like, you put a murderer in jail today, what are the odds of them escaping from a U.S. federal maximum security prison? Pretty close to zero, right? We have that building technology and that logistical capability. If we were before that, historically speaking, or in some weird circumstance where you didn't have that, and you had to kill somebody, they like, we cannot contain you. We have to destroy your life. 
the guillotine's not bad, <laughs> you know. I think I'm more of a fan of the electric chair or firing squad, not a fan of lethal injection. So many ways that's gone wrong and creepy and fucked up, but, you know, for uh, for the time and, and the history of the guillotine, there was certainly a righteousness in it. But, uh, you know, as far as I'm, I'm a fan in that sense, if you if you got to execute someone, uh, there's a certain certainty and elegance to the guillotine. You're myself, CJ. Damn it, I do that a lot. There was a queen that was executed by guillotine, wasn't there? Right, and that's why I say, like, you know, th- there's there's a certain righteousness um, in 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 a lot of the historical applications of the guillotine. But also, I when I say I don't like killing people, um, I I would I would celebrate the positive outcomes of a lot of the you know revolutionary taking out of tyrants. But um, I, I, you know, and, and supported it. But but I wouldn't say that the, the killing itself is a good thing. You know, the it, act it sort itself of, is what is what you're condemning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and I would yeah. prefer so. So if I was under, you know, in some, you know, one of these historical circumstances where it was good for society for a king to be deposed or a queen. I would have hoped that there would have been a peaceful means of showing people, hey, we don't need a king. Hey, we don't need a queen. Hey, we don't need the, you know, all this monarchy bullshit entirely. But if you can't convince people of that, and the only way to stop a certain carnage is to murder uh, or to, to commit a, a sort of preemptive or, or a sort of ethically justified killing of a politician, um, eh, all right, guillotine's not bad. I mean, if you have to choose, it's a pick-your-own-adventure in, in my hypothetical, satirical statements. Right, related. and there's, there's a certain dramatic elegance of the guillotine. You know, and, and, and I think, like, compared to, I, like, lethal injection goes wrong. Like, even in the United States, in modern times, I was reading, I can't remember why, but yesterday I was reading an article about a guy who had survived two attempts to, 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 to kill him by lethal injection, and one was, like, they couldn't find a vein to get the shit in, and they, they've got him in the gallery and strapped to a table, and then they give up. And then, he, oh, it was because he died of COVID this year, like 10 years later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He survived an attempt to kill him by lethal injection in 2010. And then uh, it was a black dude, I think, in Texas. And uh, then uh, he died from COVID this year. What are we That's watching? Crazy. We're upon the severed head. We're watching guillotines. No, this is unnecessary. <laughs> people, yeah, yeah, definitely right. unnecessary. And we're over time and everything. Yeah, Get yeah, any, any final thoughts before Jim does the promo? Hey, yeah, yeah, I, have, I do have one for tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last show of 2020. So I do want to make sure that the Producers Club is aware of that. Uh, when, you, when you send links, uh, every link, at least keep it within 2020. Uh, if it's something we missed, if it's something that you thought was relevant, uh, that yes. is big closing uh, out of the topic because Friday, like like you said, you want to start your new uh, format for Fridays. It's 2021. It's actually the only show in 2021 for the first week. So, um, again, I don't think anybody's going to be taking over that week. You're gone, Adam, but I welcome Jim uh, or Mercedes. I mean, you all know how to use StreamYard at this point. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, I think that everybody should just focus on enjoying that week and, and to, you know, really just everybody take that time because 2021, we get back from, you know, you get back from, from uh, your, your honeymoon and it's game on as usual. So, I mean, and we didn't have a real break. 
and, and to remind everybody that we didn't have a real break until Thanksgiving. Like, so, you know, enjoy your time. That's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, we don't have to grind it out so hard in the first week of uh, – I don't mind, show. man. I love it. I love I it. I know you do, but I'm trusting you. Know, you. I, would do, I would do this show for 12 hours a day. I know you would, but, but it's the principle of the matter. You're on your honeymoon <laughs> with your wife. And it's a it's a time for us to get ready for a year that you know it's going to be intense. We're gonna if you think the stories of 2020 have been screwed up, hard to hear. We've I mean Adam, you've you've covered some pretty crazy stuff this year. So again, producers club, we're leaning on you to come up with some good 2020 stories. And then I also want to remind our Patreon members that. Uh, if, there, if there's anything that you see, like we have, we got some Patreon issues that we're going to try to go through. Uh, where again, we've got, I think it was like 24 people we got a message. So if you're a Patreon member, uh, just just hold tight. We're 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 catching up end of the year and trying to get everything set up. So don't don't uh, leave us just yet. Other than that, that's all I got, Adam. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Awesome, Jim. Comments, promos. What you got? Uh, well, I was just thinking, because it's the end of the year, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I saw a meme going around. Maybe you've seen it, too. It says, is anybody else disturbed by the fact that next year is literally named 2021? Yeah. <laughs> As in 2020 was victorious. No, no, no. We won the battle. In 2020, drugs won. Remember, drugs won. Can we get, can we get some uh, soundtrack to this? Can we get an amen? CJ's working on it. He wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> you took him on the spot too early. He was like, oh, shit. Smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. All right. <laughs> I was dragging that head out in order to give CJ <laughs> All right, Jim. <laughs> Promos. <laughs> Sorry. That's our website. <laughs> I, was doing, I was holding it, too, though. Sorry. DJ really, really did a number on us there. He knows how to get us. Okay. Uh, AdamVersusTheMan.com. The link is right there. Visit it. Click on the Patreon link. That's where you can support us for $1, $5, 10 or $50 a month. $10 a month is the sweet spot to get you access to the uh, Producers Club where you can see uh, the show prep, the links that we're bringing for the show. We even slip in some personal stuff as well. So there's personable conversation, not just links. And uh, there's another bonus Bullshitters Anonymous group that you get access to. It's really fun. It's really amazing. You should check that out. After you go that, go back to the website and check out the store, all the stuff CJ has put together. Free to choose from. You got Freedom uh, towels. Anything with the Freedom logo on it. There's my shirt, Jim versus the man, for when I uh, fill in for Adam like I did this morning. Thanks for sticking with us if you did watch that. Uh, after that, go to the Cigar Federation. If you're into cigars, this is an absolutely very cool website that has lots of uh, different uh, variety of different flavors to choose from, really exotic uh, flavors, whipped cream just sounds good. I don't even know because whipped cream is good, but whipped cream tobacco, maybe it just it's just smooth. That's why it's whipped cream, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then MakeThemDebate.com is going to be your debate website, which we should see someone soon adding a new debate to that, they said. So uh, look for look for any new debates, and you can go to that website regularly and check if anyone else has suggested a new debate that you didn't maybe think of. And then if you think it's cool, oh, you know, throw a dollar to it, throw five bucks to it to try to make it happen. Cool website. Getting ahead of it, here's uh, the Instagram Garden of Freedom Instagram, so you can check out everything that's going on in Gardenia up there. Uh, cats playing with drill batteries, it looks like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, I skimmed to the good news today, and it's very, very, yeah, definitely. So. Oh, no, we'll, we'll wrap this up, Jim. It was 96 years ago today that astronomer, American astronomer, Edwin Hubble announced the existence of other star systems beyond our own Milky Way galaxy, eventually earning him the honor of being of having the Hubble Space Telescope named after him, ever reminding us that there are worlds beyond our own and there are always unknown unknowns. And that's our show. Mwah. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.